Hello, this is Justin with an Indefensible Ink Extra, or whatever you'd call this, to mark the passing of artist and writer George Perez last week at the age of 67. I snuck in a brief little semi-spontaneous thing to commemorate Neil Adams' death at the end of the last episode, and then this happened. And I didn't want to wait for the next regularly scheduled episode to do something similar to talk about Perez and just what he meant to me, or uh, what he still means to me personally. This has hit me a little differently than Adams' death, uh, not that it's a competition or anything, obviously, but the thing with Adams is that, like I mentioned last time, uh, he was already a legend when I was a kid, uh, born in the 80s, growing up reading comics in the 90s, but he was sort of a remote legend, if that makes sense. He still did some covers and special miniseries and projects, but Adams had really belonged to an earlier generation of comics reader that discovered him, and he left behind this body of work that people were like, let me tell you about this artist who passed through these halls, you know? Whereas Perez was also discovered by a generation before mine too, uh, started work in the you know, mid-70s, but he kept more active in the big two mainstream, even into when I was an active reader, and managed to keep in demand. So his work has always been more of an active part of my time reading comics. Like, if it makes sense to explain it this way, I bought reprints of Adams' stuff, but I bought Perez's stuff new, right? Like, I also bought reprints of Perez's stuff and back issues, but uh, I discovered him like a contemporary comics artist because he was. I think the first thing of his that I had was Infinity Gauntlet number three uh, from 1991, which I'd gotten in a random sort of grab bag of contemporary marvels from the same time. And that's a great introduction because uh, if you know the cover, that's the one that just has a ton of superheroes on it, just sort of flying at the reader. I was there when he and writer Kurt Busiek relaunched Avengers in 1998. And actually, if you think about it, that was kind of bold, given that he'd made his name in large part from working on the book 20 years earlier. Um, a lot of his contemporaries wouldn't have done that or wouldn't have been able to do that, to come back to something they'd had a classic run on that long ago and still be viable for a new generation without uh, you know, risking going into competition with themselves. There's that common thing about feeling like, oh... The old work was better, or whatever, but I don't think too many people looked at his Avengers work then like that. He was definitely holding his own still as a big name and not just, you know, a victory lap or a nostalgia act or something like that. Even another ten years later, a book that I really dug and uh, was really fresh work uh, when it was coming out was The Brave and the Bold with Mark Wade. Uh, this is something that you need to check out if you haven't uh, already. I think it sort of got lost at the time at that era of DC, a very event-driven line, which is something I touched on in the Countdown to Final Crisis episode back in March of this year. This book was basically just let Wade and Perez do whatever the hell they want in the DC universe. <laughs> uh, it was structured as a team-up book with rotating characters, but with an overarching story, and that was 2007, 2008, and still... That was Perez holding down a regular assignment, still in demand, and after that he moved on to Final Crisis, Legion of Three Worlds, which is also a very high-profile uh, project for somebody still working in the comics industry. Since then I've gone in to fill in more of his earlier Marvel work in my collection um, and his DC work. I'm finally getting around to dipping my toes in the new Teen Titans, which has always been one of my big blind spots considering my affection for that vintage of comic. So I think lots of people have been trying to express what it is that's so good about Perez's comic art. And, you know, there's very appealing and detailed figure work and some really developed backgrounds. And um, one thing that I've always thought is that he was sort of good at everything. <laughs> like the Batman of comics artists, 
right? Like where even if he wasn't your number one in a particular given area, he was like top five in every area, just incredibly well-rounded. But inevitably, everyone always mentions his group shots and his almost comical insistence of like, can you give me more characters to draw? Like, I think you for you know, if the cover, if the assignment is to like draw a cover with like every Avenger who'd ever been an Avenger, it was like, I think you forgot a couple or like this guy was, you know, sort of a reservist in one issue. So like, can I include him? And what I think is really the appeal of Perez is the enthusiasm, uh, especially for superheroes. Like he did work outside that genre, um, but he had a real passion for the superhero thing that you could feel, you know, it was sort of genuinely heartwarming. It's one of those things that makes you feel like, you know, <laughs> when you're, you get to be older and you're still reading comics, it's like, this is, no, I, he, he feels this way too. So I can, you know, this is okay for me because George Perez also feels the same way. I never got to meet him. I never got to meet a lot of people. Uh, but I know that's something that people who have met him pretty universally say is that he had such an enthusiasm for comics and for meeting fans and talking with fans or, the whole, you know, all of it, everything that comes with being a, you know, high-profile comics creator. He never got to that place that some of his contemporaries do of, you know, I'm sick of doing this, that cynicism that's sort of bitter that a lot of creators eventually feel for, you know, in response to this industry and lifestyle that doesn't always treat people as well as it should. But it seems to have treated Per as well. Uh, and it's really wonderful that, you know, if you can say that uh, anything has good has come out of something like a terminal cancer diagnosis, it's that fans and colleagues in the industry in general have sort of had time while he was still here to celebrate him. And people got to say goodbye properly, some of them. Um, I mean, the JLA Avengers thing that came out, uh, on some level, it's sort of a shameful circus that they could only, you know, lawyer up to get a, a small print run out. But uh, on the other hand, I know realistically, like, this is, you know, just one little project to drop in the bucket that's owned by Disney and whatever corporate structure Warner Brothers is part of this year. Uh, I know that was a difficult needle to move, and probably few other creators really could have gotten that needle to move at all. So that's sort of a testament to... Uh, to, to, to Perez's uh, enduring appeal. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm rambling here, obviously. This is not the most eloquent of the many, many tributes that you've already read and heard and that you're, you're going to in the uh, days and weeks and you know, years to come. But I thought the only way that I could really do this would be to sort of ride my own sense of enthusiasm to communicate what Perez's enthusiasm has meant to me. Okay, that's all I got. Uh, go out and read something. Uh, again, I'd like to recommend Brave and the Bold. Uh, I probably can't recommend it highly enough. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk next time.